Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Well, there's uh, been plenty of focus on our women's rugby team in New Zealand. In fact, it's uh, caught the headlines, hasn't it, for the wrong reasons. But now it seems we may be on track with Wayne Smith at the helm uh, and at least we have uh, a coaching team and a structure pointing forward. But England and France, two teams, uh, they've really flourished in the last couple of years, particularly in their Six Nations competition. Uh, and it's time now to uh, speak uh, to Daniel Gallen, freelance reporter over there in the UK, has been following the two sides closely. I uh, thought it might be good to hear the thoughts of someone who really has his finger on the pulse of the two favourites going into the World Cup here in New Zealand later in the year. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, really cool, and thanks so much for your time, uh, evening your time in particular. Um, I, I would imagine um, you've kept a little bit of an eye on what's been happening in, in uh, our side of things. We've finally got a, a, a head coach going forward. Uh, this is a head coach, even though he's well known to rugby, has had really no involvement with women's rugby and has to introduce himself to the players uh, six months out from the tournament. So uh, we don't appear to be on track as well as your side's up there. Well, it's interesting what you say about about New Zealand. I mean, and you know, unfortunately, things had to sort of go bad before they went better. Um, but speaking to England's coach Simon Middleton um, this past week before the Ireland game, he was saying that, that all the all the coaching knowledge and, and coaching expertise in the men's game doesn't necessarily translate when when crossing over to the women's game. Yes, technicalities, scrums, lineups, etc. That all helps, but. The, the one key point of difference that some said was the the way that the messages are delivered. Um, and we saw this weekend when England were pretty rubbish against a, an amateur island team in the first half. And they came out in the second half and they just clicked. And, and the, in my my, half, in my my full-time report, I said that, well, they must have, he must have given them a bollocking, essentially. Um, and he said no, um, because you, you, you can't really do that with the women's uh, players. So it'd be interesting to see how the New Zealanders go. But yeah. England looking really, really strong. They are uh, looking really strong. Now, this is not a fluke, though. This has been, um, this has been planning um, over a long period of time. I mean, the most professional, I would imagine, would they be the most professional alongside France in the women's game in terms of their setup, their structures? C- certainly, the most professional. They've been professional since um, 2018, and it, it just, it just really shows. I mean, these players live and breathe rugby, as, as any professional rugby player around the world, men or women, sh- should do. Um, some of the island players, for example, finished the game on, on Sunday and went to, went to work on the Monday. I mean, they've got, they got no chance mm. of competing at the elite level. So, yeah, I mean, this is what happens when, you, when a union throws their full weight behind, behind a woman's team. They, 
you start seeing results, the rest and recovery, which is such a crucial component of, of being an elite athlete, uh, really pays dividends. Yeah, I, I mean, it's absolutely no surprise that England are head, shoulders, and, and waist tight above everyone else. I mean, I, you said at the top of the show that, that France are, are joint favourites. I, I would be astounded if, if France finished within 15 to 20 points of, of England this, this coming weekend. Yeah, that's the big one, isn't it, this weekend? I mean, I, I watched France play Wales over the weekend. Um, they've got their obvious strengths as well. Uh, the Welsh, I suppose, are pretty much in the same boat as the Irish in terms of professionalism. But, yeah, I mean, uh, if you look at the points table, uh, and I have, um, England is so superior in terms of points for and against. In fact, I think they've only conceded 10 points in the whole competition this far. So defensively, very, very strong. Yeah, France, though, have only conceded one more try. Um, so I, I guess that'll be something to cling to. And, and like, like all French teams, they've got a, they've got a really, really uh, a good scrum off uh, Lars Santos. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Apologies if, if I'm not. Uh, Le Petit General, just like the, the men's side. So they, they've got something to work with. I just think that, that when it comes to that, that raw strength, that more set-piece, dominance of the ruck, um, you know, physicality around the fringes, that, that's sort of where England bully teams and and i just don't see france living with that but yes they're in the mix they'll be in front of a home crowd um the most recent matches between england and france have been tight i think there was only a, a, a cumulative 13 or 14 points across the two most recent recent games so they've got something to cling to i just think that the way england have, have sort of geared up for this coming world cup the way middleton is talking um the way Sarah Hunter, who, who will be unavailable this weekend, the captain, um, ha, ha, is conveying her message. I mean, Helena Rowland, who played at 15, but is at 10. Uh, Zoe Harrison, Emily Scarrett at 13, who played 100 cap. There's just, there's just so many good players. They sort of have two world-class players in every position. That it, it's, I, 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 Like I said, I'd be amazed if, if it was a contest come, come the 80. Wow. Okay, right. Let's uh, look at just how professional... England are then, uh, Daniel, if we can. I mean, uh, you mm. have a, a, a male, Simon Middleton, as a head coach. Uh, what are we talking, what kind of, would you have any idea of a, of a budget or even even a, if I look at the top played play, players, uh, would you have any idea of ballpark figures of what they're on? That's a, that's a, that's a great question, Ian, and I, I, I wish I knew you were going to ask me that. I, I don't have those figures to hand, and, and uh, I, I'd be making it up. Look, it's obviously nowhere near... Um, the men's team, this, this recent match that they played at, um, at Franklin Gardens in Leicester uh, was, a, was a record crowd for a Red Roses game, and that was 18,000 people. Obviously, we know how many Twickenham holds. Um, so they, they're, not, they're not pulling the same commercial um, revenue that, that, that the men side on, and I think that is probably commensurate to, to what they earn, but they are fully professional. They, they, they don't need second jobs the way a lot of other teams players have to have. I mean, Wales uh, aren't, aren't quite fully professional. They're, they've got half a squad that is fully professional, but the rest are on a, on a retainer of sort. I think I think that's how France do it. France are a little, little murky with the way they do things, but I don't think they are fully professional like England. But the point is that England are. And, and as a consequence, they go to training, that's it. They, they don't have to then worry about selling cars like Sarah Hunter used to do or or going and working as a plumber, as as, as Marty Packer used to do. Um, 
all they have to do is worry about rugby. They can they can train, they can rest, they can recover. They've got nutritionists, they've got phys, they've got physio programs, and yeah, this is this is why when 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 they when come game day, they're just that much better. Daniel, there's uh, one of the big issues over here has been the culture within our Black Ferns team, and and we had um, uh, of course a, a male head coach um, who uh, just didn't seem to fit the mix apparently towards the end of it. It just wasn't a, a, a really good environment. So uh, we, we got rid of him, we replaced him with Wayne Smith, um, who's probably New Zealand's most modern-day strategist in terms of the male game heading across to uh, women's rugby all of a sudden. Interested to hear your comments from Simon Middleton. What about the presence, though, of head coaches or senior coaches within the mixes of women's rugby in the UK? Is it... Is it still very much a male-dominated area? It, it is, and, and and you look at the way that um, Simon's assistant coaches, uh, Scott Bamond, the, uh, uh, the the skills and backline coach, uh, Lewis Deacon, the, the the forwards coach, obviously well-respected uh, coaches and players came from came through the uh, the Leicester system. But yes, it, it is it is quite male-dominant. Uh, uh, dominant. I think what we'll start to see is that when this generation of 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 players retires the likes of Sarah Hunter, Emily Scarrett has said that she'd like to get into coaching. Um, Marty Packer has, has told me that, that, that she'd like to get into coaching at, at one stage. Locke Davies um, in the front row, uh, the way she speaks is very technical and her expertise would certainly be, be beneficial. But yes, it, it, it is, uh, it is mostly male. Um, once again, I don't have the exact list to hand, but I think across the premier 15s, which is a, a professional competition, most of the coaches, if not all of the head coaches, are male. Um, but I, I, but I think that that's more of a generational thing. As these male coaches were bred in a in a, in a professional system for for the men. I think after generation, we'll start to see a few more uh, female coaches who are well versed in the technicalities, who who have to eat, breathe, and sleep rugby, which obviously is required to be a professional coach. So I think I think it's just a matter of time, but. Um, until other nations follow suit, we, we will see the same male dominance in the coaching departments. Except for France, of course. France's uh, head coach, uh, Annie Cador, yeah, has, has, a, has got a magnificent background. Uh, I mean, she's an exceptional woman with uh, just 54 years of age now, 35 years in the women's game, 65 caps for France, and um, mm-hmm. a, an inspirational uh, head coach. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's it's funny, you know. I guess I guess the stereotypes of, of, of French male rugby apply, applies to the uh, to the women's game as well. You get, you, get, you get a dynamic coach who gets them pulling in the same direction. Yeah, uh, you, you you get a, a, a live wire scrum off who, who kind of pulls the strings, and you get a, a really composed ten who who can, who can feed off that energy, which they have in in, in uh, Jesse Tremelier. And yeah, it's 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 a winning formula. I I, I just. I just do worry um, that I think that, that their development is, is maybe we're in, the, we're in the middle of a cycle. I think this, this World Cup maybe comes a year too soon. But, hey, you know, they, they are certainly clicking. And, and as you say, uh, well-respected uh, coach uh, in, in Anik. And, um, yeah, I, I, I would like to be wrong, but I just having seen uh, both sides play and the way that, that both sides have dismantled their respective opponents, um, I, I do think that this World Cup coming up in six months is probably just a little too soon. Okay, well, is it, if it's too soon for France, is it too soon for New Zealand, in your opinion? Because, of course, we visited the, the UK last year 
Uh, we had four test matches. We weren't even close in all four of them. Um, is it possible? You know the strength of England. You, you saw those games. You saw the margins. I just wonder, could we close that gap in the next six months? Is it at all possible, do you think? I mean, the short answer is no. Um, I, I, I don't think so. I, I, was, I was at that first game, and I think for the first 10 or 15 minutes, uh, where was it? That was in Northampton, I think it was. Um, in the first 10 to 15 minutes, New Zealand were on top. They, they were stringing some passes together. Their, their, their kicking game was strong. England sort of couldn't get out of their own, not quite 22, but they couldn't quite get out of their own, their own half. And then it just, it just seemed like a fitter team was playing against a, a, a less fit team. And yes, of course, we now know that, that there was a culture problem within New Zealand and we don't know what was on the, what was on the mind of the players. But six months is, is not a long time. As you can hear from my accent, I'm, I'm South African. And Rusty Rasmus just about turns it around in what was it, 18 months with, with South Africa. Mm. Six months really is not a long time. Um, but as, as you said before, I mean, if, if anyone can do it, it's, it's, it's this brains trust that, that New Zealand have assembled. They, they, they clearly have recognized that change was needed. Um, but again, it just, it just does come down to the fact that uh, how many of, of those New Zealand players are doing nothing else but playing rugby. If, if, if mm-hmm. even a handful of, of the pack or a handful of the back line are doing something else in their week when they aren't recovering or training or resting or, or, or pouring over strategy, well, that immediately puts them at a, a disadvantage. And, and Ireland just, I'll be part of England, don't have to worry about that. So... Uh, that's a long-winded way of saying I, I think six months is probably too soon for New Zealand as well. It's interesting, Daniel, because uh, you know you talk about infrastructure and you talk about that. You talk about a 15s competition, which you know, on a regular. How many games? Okay, your, your top-flight English players outside of international rugby. How much 15s rugby would they actually play in a calendar year? Well, there's ten, there's ten teams. Um, they 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 play each other uh, twice. And all, all those, all the, all the England women are, are are rubbing shoulders with them. So I mean, one of, one of the the major advantages of of having the Premier Fifteens is that you're not just getting the the England women competing against each other themselves, cutting their teeth in, in a in a highly competitive competition. But that next generation at Saracens, at Loughborough Lightning, for uh, you know the, the the two two primary teams um, out of the top, Bristol, of course, doing really well. Um, you have you have these youngsters coming through who who yes they might not be fully professional even the ones who are 28 29 who, who can't quite break into the team they might not be fully professional but they're playing alongside fully professional players are captained by fully professional players who who are who are in and amongst the England system so that's just raised the standard um, since its inauguration and. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a strong competition. I mean, I guess it's, it is still fighting for relevancy. It doesn't get much traction here in, in, in the press and um, online. match reports are, are, are quite hard to come by. I mean, I, I primarily write for The Guardian. Um, mm. We certainly don't cover it outside of the finals. But people are starting to talk about it more, I, I, I guess, as a consequence of, of England's dominance. But, but also because the standard is starting to be raised because of the, the proliferation of, of, of England players with, throughout the competition. Mm. Very interesting, actually. Um, really good to catch up with you. Um, I, incidentally, if, if they played tomorrow, on what you've seen, how would New Zealand go against, say, Ireland and Wales? Mm. That's a good question. I think Ireland, Ireland did, 
Ireland did quite well. From what I saw um, in November, was it when when New Zealand were here? I think I think they would be tight games, which which is rather shocking given how how strong New Zealand were a few years ago. Um, if the game was played tomorrow, oh, that's a good question. You know, I, I think they'd be tight. I think they'd be tight. I, I don't think they'd beat France. Um, I, I would probably just have New Zealand beating one of them but losing to the other. Who that would be, I, I don't think I'll stick my neck out on so far to say so. But yeah, I guess I guess when we when we look back, that is that is rather shocking. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I guess I'm, you know, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be curious to hear from you, like how far New Zealand rugby has fallen in in, in your eyes and the New Zealand public's eyes. Well, we don't know, Daniel. That's that's the thing, really. I mean, our, our last gauge because of COVID, etc. Our last really gauge is that tour to the UK, and that was the one that has prompted all this action down here. But as you say, can you close the gap in six months? And and even the uh, the most optimistic of of our people back home are starting to question that as well. Hey, Daniel, it's been absolutely brilliant getting your insight into a, a little bit more about just why. We have fallen away, to be fair, because of the professionalism, particularly around that English team. Uh, thanks very much for your time. Uh, look forward to chatting again maybe in the future closer to the World Cup. That would be great. No worries. Looking forward to it. Thank you. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.